Hey, really quick before we get started, just want to say thank you for listening. Now, this is my 14th episode, and if I reflect back a little bit, 14 episodes actually seems like a lot to me. Maybe not to most, it's not like a special number, but you know, it really is in the podcast world. Most podcasts don't get past 10 episodes, really, and most usually only get 20 to 30 downloads per episode. This podcast has actually far succeeded that here recently, obviously now in 14 episodes, but it's getting a few hundred downloads uh, per episode at launch. So I'm only mentioning this to you because I'm grateful for you listening. If I didn't have listeners, the show would not work. So please keep reaching out to me on what you want to hear more about. Um, any suggestions, you can email me at rhitch at hpcg.com or leave a review on whatever platform you listen to it. And again, thank you. Now, disclosure, nothing said in this podcast or any of my podcasts should be considered advice. Always seek out myself or your own personal financial advisor for advice relating to your specific situation. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Breakaway Podcast where I try to take confusing personal financial planning topics and try to break them down into plain English for the everyday person. My hope is that these conversations will help you break away from your financial confusion and end up on the right path to reaching your financial goals. I am Ryan Hitchcock, your host, and I am a financial planner with High Point Capital Group out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, so today's topic is a continuation from my last episode, which was on the S&P 500 index. Now that index, I talked about how that index worked, how it was calculated, and then I went through some of the issues I have with it relating to the everyday investor and indexing towards it. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it might be good to go back, listen to that on whatever speed you like, one and a half, two and a half, um, get there quick before jumping into this one. So today I'm gonna talk more about the Dow 30 index. This is also an index that I see a lot of misunderstanding about or just plain wrong understanding of it. So I wanna talk about how it actually works as well, throw in a little history about it, and then I really want to get into how it has become this headline of most news outlets as the barometer of how the market's doing. You might hear how it's done that particular day. If somebody's talking about the market in general, that's probably what they're talking about, the Dow 30. And I'm gonna argue that there's a huge disconnect to the everyday investor and that you should really not even give kind of two licks about the Dow 30 when it comes to your personal investing. Because again, that's my whole goal here in these episodes is to try to under look under the hood in plain English in investments and in financial planning and hopefully give you these aha moments or what I call these breakaway moments to help you in your personal financial planning. So let's start with a little bit of history. The Dow or the Dow 30 are the abbreviated names for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It first was calculated back in 1896, a long time ago, by a guy named Charles Dow. He was the co-founder of the Dow Jones and Company, which was and is today in a form a media and publishing company. Charles was also the editor of the Wall Street Journal, which his company published. So hint, hint, that fact alone should be some foreshadowing to what I'm going to talk about. Now, Charles named it the industrial average, the quote-unquote industrial average, because at the time he wanted to track the titans of American industry. 
So he originally started out with uh, 12 stocks, actually, only 12 stocks, such as General Electric, uh, Chicago Gas, Tennessee Coal, U.S. Rubber, American Tobacco. These are all very industrial types of companies back then. And side note, GE, or General Electric, um, it has had, it, uh, or did have the longest run on the Dow for over 120 years until it was removed in 2018 or 2019. Somebody might have to look me up on that. Um, and also an interesting fact, when the index was, uh, index was first published, it started at a level of around 62. Now, in mid-October of 2021, when I'm recording this, the Dow Jones index stands at over 35,000. So pretty crazy. So the Dow index was uh, increased from the original 12 stocks to 20 stocks in 1916, and then to 30 stocks in 1928 at the height of the Roaring Twenties. And it has been at 30 stocks ever since. So how do companies get into the Dow? Like in modern day, how, how do we wind up with these 30 stocks or 30 companies? And there really is no rules for which these companies get included in the Dow. Now, there are only some broad guidelines, and that fact alone is very unknown. It's only some broad guidelines. And these guidelines really only revolve around if they're big or large companies and if they're well-respected. But that's about it. Now, there's a committee made up of what is now the S&P Dow Jones Company. Um, there's some representatives from there and representatives from the Wall Street Journal that decide which companies are included in that index. So let me say that again. There's actually representatives from this S&P Dow Jones Company, the original company that um, Charles Dow uh, founded, and editors from the Wall Street Journal. These are the people that um, decide which companies are included in the Dow 30 index. And I can guarantee you that most people do not know that it's really an index created by journalists. So um, again, I'm here to say that that's not good or bad. I'm just here to point that fact out. And actually in my research before this episode, I found that piece of this uh, Dow 30 index pretty interesting. So I tried to look up who these people were that were on the committee. And truthfully, I had a hard time finding them. I really didn't find their names at all. So, you know, maybe somebody with a little bit more research skills out there might be able to find them, but it, it does seem that they're keeping those names under wrap pretty good for um, that committee. Today, the Dow has done away from just industrial companies, and the committee does try to maintain some good sector representation, such as healthcare, um, technology, financials, consumer, discretionary. However, industrials still make up over 16% of the index. Um, today, and that's according to slickcharts.com slash Dow Jones. So that's a little bit of the history of the Dow 30 and how it came about, but let's talk about how it's calculated. How is it actually working? Originally, when Charles Dow started the index, he would simply take those 12 companies at the end of each day, he would add up all of their closing prices of the stock price and then divide by 12 to get an average. That was then reported the next morning in the Wall Street Journal. That's how he started his index. And essentially, the Dow is calculated very much the same with the 30 companies. Um, now, in today's world, it's, it's not just divided by 30. There is what they call a divisor, which accounts for some stock splits or other things like that. So the Dow is what they call a price-weighted index. It means that a company that has a higher stock price will impact the index more than companies that have a lower stock price. 
So let that sink in. If if you again, if you go to slickcharts.com slash Dow Jones, you will see a good visual of these companies ranked highest to lowest on their stock price. And so another way to think of it is that they're ranked according to their weight in the index because the higher the stock price, the more weight it carries in the index. It doesn't account for anything else of that company other than its stock price. So the obvious next question is, okay, what's the highest price stock in the Dow or what has the most weight in the Dow then? And this might be surprising to most as it's actually United Healthcare. And it currently has a weighting of just under 8%. And that stock price is at uh, $428.07 as of uh, October 16, 2021. So here are the next companies to round out the top 10 in descending order. So we have United Health Group, Goldman Sachs, Home Depot, Microsoft, Salesforce, McDonald's, Visa, Honeywell, Boeing, and Amgen. Those 10 companies, the weighting make up over 46% of the Dow. Now, the smallest company in the Dow right now is Walgreens Boots Alliance, it's called, which has a weighting of 0.95%, with a stock price of $52.27. And again, that's at uh, on October 16, 2021. So why does this matter? Well, essentially what the Dow 30 is doing is that companies with higher stock price, and that's it, just their stock price, the movement in the market of that company will affect the index more so than any company with a smaller stock price. Nothing else matters, even in the market cap of a company. So even if a company has a higher stock price, but a lower market cap, that company with the higher stock price will affect the index more so than that actual bigger company. Now, the good news is, is that because of all of these random factors like a committee and price weighted, not really market cap weighted, people inside the industry in the investment world um, really considered it inaccurate representation of the overall U.S. stock market. So it's not usually used for that. However, to the everyday person, they don't know this possibly because it's broadcasted on the news every second of the day. So I'm not discounting that we don't need indices or barometers like this to figure out how the market is doing. Um, something that we can relate to the past, that's all good and there's a place for that. I'm not discounting that it's, this index has done very well either. Obviously it has over time. I'm just trying to connect the dots for people to know what they're investing in and how it works so that you can make the best decisions for your own particular situation. And so why am I going through all this and why does this all matter and trying to relate this to why I called this episode of why I think the Dow 30 must go. And what I mean by that, what I mean by it should go is really from the news station side of things. It's always being talked about as one of the main metrics of the U.S. stock market. It's usually the headline of how the market's doing. Um, I can't tell you how many times a day I hear, oh, the market was up 500 points a day, or geez, the market dropped 600 points a day. They don't even have to say Dow, they just say market, and that's what people usually refer to as the Dow 30, and that's my gripe. The, I mentioned that there's very little representation of the Dow 30 of the overall U.S. stock market. Um, the S&P 500 is considered better than that, so we should just use that as my point. Let's get rid of the Dow 30 and just use the S&P 500. Now, I did point out 
not what I would call flaws of the S&P 500 index in my past episode. I just talked about the mechanics of it, but that at least has quantitative rules to the addition and subtraction of companies inside the index. It accounts for the actual size of the company, not just an arbitrary number like a company's stock price. So it's a better you know, place to look at as a metric for the U.S. stock market. Now, overall, my goal was you, for you was to just understand at least why the Dow gets broadcasted everywhere. So we know that because of the history of the Dow. That's very interesting. And just wanted to get you the mechanics of how it works and how it's calculated. So that's really it for me today. Hopefully I gave you some things to think about. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, be well. High Point Capital Group is located at 1200 North Mayfair Road, Suite 300, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53226, phone number 414-253-4600. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Sage Point Financial, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Sage Point Financial is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Sage Point Financial. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Indexes cannot be invested in directly, are unmanaged, and do not incur management fees, costs, and expenses. As a reminder, Sage Point Financial, Inc. and its representatives do not provide tax and legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney for such guidance.